1: York Times bestselling and award-winning author of kick-ass international thrillers and this is the Taylor Stevens show with my good friend Steve Campbell where we are kicking writing in the butt one word at a time and this is a Hack the Craft episode.
0: You know we didn't mention this last week but this is actually a Hack the Craft TM episode. (laughs) Yes it is. (laughs) (laughs) I remember the first time you put that in the title and like oh I like it. All right, you ready to get back to it? We, we had an awkward pause at the end of last week's episode because we ran really long, and we just had to cut the episode in half. So we're just going to pick it up right where we left off last week.
1: Yep, and here we go. The next paragraph said, I wanted to tell her there was no way Charles Rudd would come after her or the estate, but the man was a wild card, and I wasn't about to lie to a woman whose husband had just been murdered. I couldn't see him taking out his frustrations on this woman, but I didn't see him as the type to get so irrational over having a baseball card, albeit a valuable one stolen. I don't have any information about that, but as I said on the phone, I've got a few questions. So this paragraph, um, we'll tackle it piece by piece. I read it out, there, is, there was no way. I wanted to tell her there was no way, Charles Rudd, because there was no way is sort of an absolute. And this sentence reads fine, if we just said I wanted to tell her Charles Wood, Charles Red wouldn't come after her. We don't need the extra words. Then we have, but the man was a wild card. Now there's nothing wrong with that. But I feel that we could remove it. And by rewording the sentence, it would be just as strong without having to cast aspersions on a character. Elsewhere in the story. Now it could be that this um, the main character really dislikes Charles Rudd, but that's really not the case as far as I remember. Uh, it's I know it's changed multiple times since I've last seen it. So I just feel like we can just take that out. It's not a big deal. And then we have I couldn't see him taking out his frustrations on this woman. I feel like this woman maybe could be worded better, but also I feel that. We can reorder the words in this sentence to keep the thoughts in sequence, kind of like at the opening where we had Mrs. Martinez's description. Here we can do the same thing with opinions. We want to keep it in sequence. So I'm going to move it around and switch things and see if we can find a better way to word it. And then we have the final line of dialogue where it says, I don't have any information about that. But as I said on the phone, I've got a few questions. So that I don't have any information about that is important because he's going to make, need to make sure that he conveys this to Mrs. Martinez that he's not privy to that type of stuff. However, but as I said on the phone, I've got a few questions. What we're doing, that's, that's info dump right there that's meant to remind the reader of what happened earlier, but we don't need it. And we're just sort of, uh, it's useless information, it's just repeating facts. And so we can get rid of it, and we should be okay. So this is how I reworked it. I wanted to tell her Charles Rudd wouldn't come after her or the estate, that I just couldn't see him taking out his frustrations on a grieving widow. But I also hadn't seen him as the type to get as upset as he had over having a baseball card, albeit a valuable one, stolen. And I wasn't going to dump a lie like that on a woman whose husband had just been murdered. So we've got all the same elements. If you if you look at it carefully, you can see that all I did was take sentences that were already there and put them in a different order and just added a tiny few words here or there to link them in a way that they were grammatically correct. But in this case, there's no interruption. It, it, it flows all the way logically from opinion to opinion to his way of behavior, all the way down to the issue of Mrs. Martinez's husband being murdered. So then he speaks. He hadn't discussed it with me, I said, way below my pay grade. So we're conveying the same information of, he doesn't have any information, but in a more natural way of speaking. This is closer to how someone would relay these facts without feeling like an interrogator. I've got a few questions. So it's, it's casual and it flows. The next paragraph says, she took a sip of her coffee and sat down in a comfortable armchair. Fernando would never, ever knowingly sell anything of value that he hadn't authenticated himself. That man, that Rudd, I could kill him myself. Fernando was sick about it, sick. The anger in her voice sounded real. That must have been very stressful for the both of you. I expect Mr. Martinez had his own theory on what might have happened to the card. So the first thing I did here is I highlighted out the word her in her coffee because it's redundant. And we've talked about this before, it's so hard to see it when you're writing it, but when you give something to a character, you take it away from the reader. So we'll be fine with she took a sip of coffee and sat down in a comfortable armchair. So remember we were talking about reading another character's mind? (laughs) That armchair was caref- was comfortable, It looks right? comfortable. It looks comfortable, <laughs> and that would have worked. And what appeared to be, this is where appeared really would have come in handy, in what appeared to be a comfortable armchair. So I'm going to take out in a, in a comfortable because we don't want to read her mind. Um, and then I'm going to reword it just a little, because the problem with somebody sitting in an armchair is now you're at two really distinct levels of conversational height. And as a general rule, people are loathe to do that. They want to be, unless you are, um, and unless it's a power play, generally you're within you know, shoulder to head sort of height to, to have a conversation. The other thing that I felt is where it says the anger in her voice sounded real, right there after the okay, that's that's a really good character observation. We need to follow it up. We need to give the character something more, the point of use character something more to work with there that keeps this from falling into a very cut-and-dry uh telling of a conversation where we actually really remember that we're inside that character's head. We're inside his point of view. And then the next thing, his dialogue. I want to try and clean up the dialogue a little bit to to convey that natural back and forth uh, ease of conversation where he says that must have been very stressful for the both of you. I expect Mr. Martinez had his own theory on what might have happened To the card. Well, I read it out to the card because we know by this time and so we know exactly why he's there. We don't need to repeat the issue of the card. Um, And so yeah, well, let's see where we go with that. She sat on an armrest and took a sip of coffee. Fernando would never ever knowingly sell anything, anyone, anything of value that he hadn't authenticated himself, she said. That man, that I could kill him myself. Fernando was sick about the card, sick. Now, okay, I forgot one part, Up when I was correcting it, when she said Fernando was sick about it, sick, I highlighted out that red. We really want to avoid using the word it as much as possible to describe something that can be described concretely. The reason is the word it gives us no visual image, but it can also mean so many different things. So in this case, what was Fernando sick about? Was he sick about what happened? Was he sick about, you know, being harassed by being sued by Mr. Rudd? I mean, it's just so many different things it could be. So we go and replace that word it with the card and we can get rid of it elsewhere and not even have to worry about it. And the reason why it's okay to have it here in her conversation, but we don't want it in the main character's conversation is because it's very specific here and it fits the other it's redundant and unnecessary so the anger in her voice sounded real as did the helpless frustration and i wasn't sure if she was telling me these things hoping i'd relay them back to rudd or if she was if she just needed someone to believe her and that someone was me empathy was in order either way and so that's the direction i went So that part right there, empathy was in order either way. It could be either way, empathy was in order. You know, there's lots of ways to word it. But the point being, by putting that sentence in there, we're— it. We're, we're giving reader insight into conversation that follows and that's what keeps it from becoming just a transcript of a conversation and it gives the character it's a character beat it's an emotion it's it gives us insight into his thoughts it's inner dialogue and it, it those are the little types of things that round out a character and make them not feel wooden not necessarily the empathy the getting into their head of why they're doing or why they're saying the things they do or say. It must have been incredibly stressfully, stressful for the both of you is using the dialogue that already existed. That's empathetic, acknowledging. But when I added being blamed like that out of the blue, that is empathy. That is putting yourself into another person's shoes. Now, this character came to this location to try and get information. He's getting it from a somewhat antagonistic person that is not at all wanting to help him. The more empathy he can do, the more he can take her side, put himself in her shoes, the more he's going to endear himself to her. So there is a little bit of uh, selfishness going on on the part of the character here. He needs to know what she knows. He needs access to what she has, but by wording it this way, he's not interrogating her. He's not uh, it, by saying, "I expect Mr. Martinez had his own theory." He's inviting her to offer an alternative. But when he words it like that, he's also inviting her to say, "Yeah, but it's none of your business." so by by putting this little bit more empathy and giving the character a little bit more um, rapport with the woman or attempting to create rapport with the woman. He's creating an environment where the woman is more willing to offer help or her opinions, what have you. That's why I added this, to give context to it, to round out the character, to fill in the dialogue in a way that gives it life. The next paragraph says, oh, yes, he thought Rudd was a fool who'd allow someone to walk out of his million-dollar estate with a million-dollar baseball card, and he was trying to take it out on us. Million dollar estate? More like a $30 million estate, but why quibble about a few million when Mr. Martinez might have been right? Do you know whether or not your husband spoke with Mr. Rudd recently? The first thing I did was I highlighted out trying to take it out on us, and I read it out, because it's another one of those, it's not actually being clear and telling us what is going on, take what out on them. Trying to, he's already threatened to sue them. So I felt like we could do without that and maybe we could find something to take its place. Million dollar estate, more like $30 million estate, but why quibble about a few million when Mr. Martinez may have been right? This is a plot point here. And we need to make sure we get it really, really clear. So I'm going to see if I can find a better way to word it or just something that might make it flow a little better or even give the character, uh, make the character seem a little more um, human. I don't know. We're going to play with it and see what we can do. And then in the dialogue where it says, do you know whether or not your husband spoke with Mr. Rudd recently? I highlighted out whether or not because I feel that it's a lot of words to say if. Do you know if your husband spoke with Mr. Rudd recently? But there might be other ways to word it too. I don't even remember what I did. So we're gonna look here and see how we go. The first thing I do is I add an action beat. I felt that there's been a bit of dialogue going on. He's The character saying it must have been incredibly stressful. Well, he's just told her that he understands how she feels. At that point, even though he's given her the option to say something, she's going to react. And the easiest way for me to put a reaction in there was just her gaze tracked up and met mine because she was, you know, looking at boxes or who knows what she was looking at. But now we've got them looking eye to eye and very pointedly now because she's looking at him eye to eye. She says he thought Rudd was a fool who'd allowed someone to walk out of his million dollar estate with a million dollar baseball card and needed someone to blame. And that someone was us. So. Originally, it said he was trying to take it out on us, and I, I added more words because we needed more words and needed someone to blame, and that someone was us. Rudd's estate was closer to $30 million than a million, but if there was any gumshoe rule that applied to quibbling over dollars with a woman who'd just buried her husband, it was don't. I said, did he and Mr. Rudd happen to speak recently? So. Same facts, 30 million versus a million, same concept, don't quibble over dollars, but instead of referring back to her husband, who didn't really, you know, it, it it's going to muddy, you know, Mr. Martinez may have been right, maybe Rudd was just looking for them, uh, people to blame it on. But we don't have to reiterate that, we just... Keep it going. So what this did is gave him. It, it made him a little. It lightened it up. You know, if there was a rule, it was just don't. So now for him and Steve might hate that and want to put it all back. And no, that's totally no,
0: fine. I love that. I had myself muted and I started laughing when you read it. It was just like, <laughs> okay, that's perfect.
1: <laughs> it's it's a little inner inner world sarcasm, but it gives it, it. It speaks to Reggie's character, which is a little bit like, you know. He's, he He lives in the beach. He you know wears flowered shirts and you know whatever. this is that's the style. So um, did he and Mr. Rudd happen to speak recently? I think that says the same thing in fewer words, um, and is more specific in the question to get a more specific answer from the character. The next original says she appeared to think for a moment before answering. Rudd left some messages at the store, which really upset Fernando, but he didn't mention that they'd actually spoken. I'm guessing those weren't dinner invitations, right? You got that right. Mostly threats. You'll be hearing from my lawyers, that kind of thing. I told him to ignore the man, but he was worried sick. And then, and now, he's still going through to go through with it, isn't he? That's why you're here. The first thing I did was highlight it out, appeared to think, and for a moment. Um, this is back to the conversation that Steve mentioned of why you know of, of not wanting to read the character's mind. so it, this is a toss-up, you know, like someone appears to think you could you can get away with saying she thought for a moment before answering, because we don't know that the character' thinking before answering, but Unless they just kind of like went comatose and brain dead, they're thinking, you know, so it's one of those things that you can just sort of assume it's safe to say she thought for a moment before answering. But then I then I'm looking at this, going, all right, we're comparing this movement beat to other movement beats and we want to not get redundant we want we want to or repetitious we want to sort of shake it up a little bit we don't actually need a movement beat right here now based on the way things have um kind of gotten edited and changed so we're okay if we don't have a movement beat the other thing is the word moment okay moment is a beautiful beautiful word that can be greatly overused uh, because it it can say so it can be used in so many different ways I like to use this word, but because it can be so easily overused, if there's a place where I can not use it and use something else instead, I save that word for the times where nothing else can replace it. So if we were to keep this action beat in here, I would say she thought for a bit before answering or she waited before answering or something along those lines, um, depending on what would suit the plot better. But we're not going to keep it so, but I'm just explaining that for if and when you find yourself in a position of needing to use that word. So the next thing I did was for the sentence that says, I'm guessing those weren't in dinner invitations, right? I, I highlighted out, I'm guessing, because I feel like I might be able to reword that a little stronger. And I, and I read it out the question at the end, right? Um, I felt like this whole conversation would be stronger without that. Also, because The next thing she says is, "You got that right." So we have a a repetition there, and I think we can get both of them, and that it will get rid of both of them, and it will be stronger for it. But between, I'm guessing those weren't dinner invitations, and where she answers, we have an opportunity for more, so that again we get rid of, we we avoid turning this into just a, a. a transcript of a conversation, we're going to have
0: a little bit more character
1: interaction. And we now, can play with this.
0: Why, do, why did you pick that particular spot?
1: Because we have had... We, we need something. It's, it's, becoming, it's becoming too much back and forth, just dialogue, just dialogue. And without something somewhere in here, we're going to... It's just going to be dry. So it, it's one of those instinct things. And usually when you've got a, um, he, he was being funny here. I'm guessing those weren't dinner invitations. That's an opening. That's like in, in real life, if you threw out a comment like that, it doesn't just go on to somebody just says something. Like they didn't even hear the funny, right? So it gives us. A moment to acknowledge that he's playing with her, that he's he's being human. And so we have to have something human in here to acknowledge what just happened. I don't have a better way to explain it than that. And I know that's really lame. Uh, So much of this is instinct for me. No, it's
0: good. And I I think I think when you said instinct, that was that was like it.
1: (laughs) Okay. So here's how here's where I went with it. And I am afraid I kind of don't have all the same color matches to show point for point on here, but, oh well. Not that I'm aware of, she said. She thought for a minute. Mr. Rudd did leave a few messages at the store. Fernando was pretty upset about them, but I don't think they interacted. So we have the same information there, but it's more, um, we don't have the action beat right at the beginning, like she responds the question right away. But then she stops and thinks. And then she provides him more information. It's just a way of restructuring the sentence and adding a little more um, normal what you would find in real life um, to to keep it flowing, to keep it real. So Reggie says, I'm going to guess those calls weren't dinner invitations. Now, I, I changed the wording on that just a, a, a bit because I felt that it, it, it doesn't have to be, the, the original was fine. I, I just just felt that this kind of emphasized, pointed back to the calls, it, it just, it's clearer in my mind, but it didn't have to be changed. It, I just did it. Now here we have that action beat, and in the, the interpersonal interaction. A sly smile crossed her face, and I was pretty sure at that point I'd broken the ice, maybe even made a new friend. So he's a little bit proud of himself, like he got her to crack a smile. He, he, you know, she's this woman, she's upset, she's angry, she doesn't like him. She smiled. So he's like, all right, cool, right? So this is Reggie's inner world, right? And it just, it gives it a little something. So a sly smile crossed her face. Now I was pretty sure at that point I'd broken the ice, maybe even made a new friend. She said, mostly threats. You'll be hearing from my lawyers, that kind of thing. I told Fernando to ignore them, but of course he couldn't, and then and now. She caught her breath and looked back up at me. That awful man is still going through with the lawsuit, isn't he? That's why you're here. So I added that beat right there. She caught her breath and looked back up at me, and the reason I did that is because she's just implied you know. Fernando couldn't ignore the calls, and then something happened, and now he's dead. That's a a weighty thing. And so we need something to interrupt it and separate that from what she's worried about, her anxiety. She caught her breath and looked back up at me. That awful man is still going through with the lawsuit, isn't he? That's why you're here. And I changed he's still going through with it to that awful man is still going through with it Because we don't want any ambiguity about who she's talking about. Because she she changed the subject. Just right in the middle, she changed the subject. So we make sure everything's clear and there's no room for, wait, who's she talking about? Because that would be, like the reader would catch it, but it would require for some people to pause and think and we don't want pausing. The next paragraph says, I sure hoped he wasn't going to go through with it, but I wasn't in a position to speak for Charles Rudd. No, ma'am, that's not why I'm here. I'm only trying to find out what happened to the card. I can see you're busy here. I'll get right to it. I'm looking for records from the store, sales records, employment records, that kind of thing. She seemed to consider my request for a moment, then nodded towards a hallway. Fernando brought all his records home a year or so ago when our youngest left for college, set up a home office in the kids' game room. Any chance I could see them? So the first thing I did was... I sure hoped he wasn't going to go through with it, but I wasn't in a position to speak for Charles Rudd. We've already got that sentiment said. Um, And so I want to find a different way to word it and still convey what needs to be conveyed. The other thing is he says, no, ma'am, that's not why I'm here. He's already told her that in a different way. So I want to see if we can maybe find a different way to word it. And then this part. I can see that you're busy here. I'll get right to it. That's unnecessarily formal at this point, and it's also redundant. Um, you don't have to tell somebody that in this case, right? We don't have to say it, don't have to state it. We can just segue into it. So I'm gonna play with that, I'm gonna get rid of that and play with it a little bit, see so what we can get up get up to. And then I feel that at the end of this paragraph or this, this dialogue, there's room for something. Honestly, there might not be, I might have just accidentally left in there. I don't remember. It's been a while since I worked on this. So the next thing in here is she seemed to consider my request for a moment. Well, we've got that moment again. And seemed to consider my request. Well, he didn't actually make a request. The request comes later, any chance I could see them. All he did was state what he's looking for. So she's going to respond, she's going to react. But I don't know if this is the part where She needs to reconsider the request. So I suspect I've taken that out. The other thing is we have a year or so ago when our youngest left for college got that grayed out as it might not be positioned at the best place in this paragraph. I'm going to try and kind of see if I can work with this to get the flow where we keep all of the elements moving sequentially, and then we'll see. We'll see what happens. So here's the rework. That was the second time in as many minutes that she'd pressed me for reassurance. And it would have made my job a whole lot easier to tell her what she wanted to hear. I couldn't do it. Not that lying was beneath me, but a guy had to have some kind of standard, and I was pretty sure recent windows were in there, widows were in there somewhere. So those are one of the liberties I took with Reggie's voice. And I felt that that in itself wrapped up everything. It, it added, it gave Reggie his voice. It acknowledged that she's asking this question again, but instead of asking it again, um, I mean, instead of answering it again and saying, I hoped that it wasn't, which is what he'd already done, we're giving it a new twist. And my concern here with this is that I've already played with uh, the if there's any gumshoe rule about quibbling with whatever it was, don't. Well, this is kind of a, a second on that too. And I've, I'm trying to be mindful not to do a repeat or overdo it. Right now, all these pieces are chunked up. I'm not able to read them in, you know, as, as a single piece. And it could be, I would go back over it and go, yeah, this is too much. Get rid of it because it's doubling up and it's it's not funny anymore. But for now, here's- That's where it was. That was the second time in as many minutes that she'd pressed me for reassurance and it would have made my job a whole lot easier to tell her what she wanted to hear. I couldn't do it. Not that lying was beneath me, but a guy had to have some kind of standard and I was pretty sure recent widows were in there somewhere. I'm only interested in what happened to the card, I said. I've been trying to hunt down store records, sales receipts, employment files, that kind of thing. Now the reason I changed his word to say, Sales receipts. And play, I've been trying to hunt down store records. Is because this speaks to the fact that he doesn't have access to them. So it makes sense now when we move to the fact that there's a home office in the house that it would be there. It's not convenient. It's not um, contrived. He hasn't been able to find them. I've been trying to find these. You know, that's why he's come. Um. See, here's where the places that I, and I goofed here, I've doubled up. So, uh, all right, I'll just let it stand. Sorry, guys, it's not super clear. So, here's her. Um, and the reason I did this because I'm reordering it. So, up there, it was like she says, you know, when our youngest left for college. Anyway, excuse my mess. All right. She nodded toward a hallway. Instead of, she seemed to consider my request. She nodded toward a hallway. Fernando brought everything home a year or so ago. Set up the office in the kids game room when our youngest left for college. So what I've done there is I've, I've just reordered the elements so that it makes sense in a logical progression sort of way of, of what it is. And now I've interjected a character beat. His, the, the, the main character's thoughts because I needed something here. Um, she tells him that she's got a home office set up, and the first thing he says is, any chance I could see them? And that is, it's missing something because he might might be getting on her good side, but I don't know if he's that much on her good side, that she's just gonna open up her house and let him walk in. So we need something to explain why he, you know, opened his mouth and just came out with it like that. So, she nodded toward a hallway. Fernando brought everything home a year or so ago, set up the office in the kids' game room when our youngest left for college. I'd come hunting for scraps, and I'd hit the mother load. That might have made me a bit too eager. I said, any chance I could have a look? So, that kind of the the break up as it works on the screen is a little bit mixed up. So part of that belongs up with the prior paragraph. Part of it belongs here, but that's how it's going. Now, in response to she crossed her legs and looked around the room. I can't think of any reason why I should let you, she said. So she crossed her legs and looked around the room as a beat, and I highlighted out, looked around the room because um, like, that's not, I don't think that's where it belongs. And her crossing her legs and looking around the room, its this is in response to him asking if he can go rummaging through her home. Mm, we might be able to work a little bit better with that. And then I can't think of any reason why I should let you. If we were going to work with those same um, that same wordage, it would be more like, give me one good reason why I should let you. And there's um, there's something missing from the original um, because I messed up and it's uh, it's where she says, you know, you you work for that awful man and, you know, you want to to whatever I think I might be getting mixed up. Sorry, Steve, I've just made a mess of this. But anyway, she set down the coffee mug, crossed her arms and stared at me hard. So he's just asked if he could have a look around her house. That, to me, is a bit more of a, are you effing kidding me kind of response than crossing her legs and looking around the room. So you work for a man who threatened to destroy my husband, and now you want me to give you unlimited access to the store records? So as you, as I'm reading this to you and you're seeing it, There's stuff I pulled out of Steve's. I I was drawing from Steve's work when I wrote that final sentence, but it's missing from here, I think. The next sentence, the next paragraph, um, I feel like after she says, you know, you want me to give you access to store records, there needs to be something, some response from him of inner dialogue before we move on to the next action. Now, here's the next action. I looked around the room what was going into the boxes she wasn't moving she was retaking her home the things being packed were pictures of sporting events framed jerseys and other memorabilia the kind of things that could drive a non-sports fan crazy i was beginning to like this woman so i looked around the room we've used that word looked a lot so i'm going to see if i can find a replacement for that and then she wasn't moving she was retaking her home um that, I think, needs to be moved. It's not, it, to, to keep the, the thoughts sequential, the order of it, that's kind of interrupting it, I think. So we, we want to move from what was going into the boxes to actually being able to visually get a recounting of what those were before we summarize it with, she wasn't moving, she was retaking her home. And then I highlighted out in red the things being packed, because things is very vague. And so we want to try and, uh, we, g- we can give this more power if we add something to it and take that out. So here's where that sentence went. From her perspective, the request did sound pretty brazen. So that's his, he's, he's coming back into it. We're reminded again, this is Reggie talking. This is not a transcript. This is not just a play by play of what happened. Reggie is there and he's acknowledging, oops. So he glances around the room. Caught a better look at what was going into those boxes and realized the items she'd readied for packing. Instead of things being packed, she'd readied for packing. That is an action. When people talk about using uh, strong verbs, action verbs, that right there is an example of that. Things being, it's passive. Things being packed is passive. Now we've just taken passive and turned it active. She'd, items she'd readied for packing for pictures of sporting events, frame jerseys and other memorabilia, the kind of stuff that would drive a non sports fan crazy. I was beginning to like this woman. She wasn't moving. She was reclaiming her home. So up above, I'd highlighted out retaking because I wasn't sure if retaking was the best way, the best word. And so I replaced that with reclaiming. I felt that was um, less of a war zone and more of an ownership thing i could be wrong and then i added this line and the two of us had more in common than she realized now in a previous iteration of this story and i don't know if it's still there and i don't know if it comes before or after this scene there is something that goes on with reggie's house and his house kind of gets taken over but whether this falls in if it falls in line chronologically And it works, that's just a bonus. Where this really is supposed to work is to lead us into Reggie's explanation. You know, she's just said, You want me to let you into this house? And now he's got to convince her of why she should. So we could just throw that dialogue in there without. Having something that connected one to the other, but by having him say, and the two of us had more in common than she realized, that's an empathetic segue. And so it gives him his in for why he says what he says. The next line of the original says... I'm not looking for anything to hurt you, and I have nothing against Fernando. I'm just trying to figure out what happened to that card. You're positive he had nothing to do with the card going missing. It's possible the records you have can help me prove what did happen, and we can eliminate Mr. Rudd from your list of worries. She appeared to search my eyes for a moment and then turned away her gaze on an empty box in the middle of the room. She said, do you think you can find out what happened? So here's how we're going. Um, I, I read it out this sentence, and I have nothing against Fernando, because Fernando's dead. So, sorry to be so crude, but he's dead. So he can't have anything against Fernando. Right now, everything is about this woman and what she's stressing about. So I'm going to play with the dialogue and see if we can tighten this up a little bit. The other thing is we have that she appeared to search my eyes for a moment that we were talking about at the beginning of the show, where... Um, we can just say she searched my eyes. If we keep that action beat, that's how we would do it. Um, and then her gaze on an empty box in the middle of the room, I think that we can strengthen that up, especially since we keep using the word boxes. So let's see what happens. I said, I can't tell you anything about Mr. Rudd because I don't know anything, but I can promise you that I had nothing against Fernando. It's a had, not a have, had nothing against Fernando, and I didn't come here looking for a way to hurt you. If anything, there could be a win here for both of us. My job really is just to figure out what happened to that card, and you're positive your husband had nothing to do with his disappearance. If something in his office leads me to the truth, it'll eliminate Mr. Rudd from your list of worries. She searched my eyes for a moment, and then turned away. Her gaze rested on an empty box in the middle of the room. She said, do you really think you can figure out what happened? So um, I kept the moment, clearly, and um, her gaze on an empty box in the middle of the room, we were missing the verb of rested. So uh, I repunctuated it. She searched my eyes for a minute and then turned away. Her gaze rested on an empty box in the middle of the room. She said, do you really think you can figure out what happened? The only thing I added in that final sentence was the word really, because it's not a matter, it's more she's questioning his judgment of his ability rather than um, if it can be done or if he can do it. So it, it's subtle, but I know what's coming next. So that's why I was I was lining up, because that's where we're going to end for today. And then as far as the dialogue that he says... Um, for trying to convince her to do it. It's very similar to what was already there. I added that beat. If anything, there could be a win here for both of us. Um, but by doing that, I've I've doubled up. Uh, it's redundant where I said I didn't come here looking for a way. And then it says there could be a win here. So those are the types of things I would end up cleaning up once I had a solid uh, edited draft. And then I would go back through looking for those types of things and tweak it to to clean it up a little bit more. And that's all I've got.
0: That is so much better. It's amazing.
1: (laughs) It's crazy. Tiny little things,
0: This was was fun. This was really fun. So, for those of you out there listening, this will have been the second episode. We recorded this in one swoop. We're going to have, we're going to now re-record an awkward transition between the two. And I'm going to ask Taylor some additional questions, not for the podcast. They're only going to be in the pod in the um, in the video on Patreon, that again is available for free. But you have to go and watch the video to see how valuable these videos are, um, because I don't want this podcast to just go on forever and ever and ever. It's two episodes and it's run a little bit longer than we like each episode to go. So we're going to cut this off here. But Taylor, thank you so much for doing this. Um, it, it really is an eye opener and. It answered some specific questions that I have, and I've got a couple other specific questions that we'll get to on Patreon. So thanks for listening, everybody.
1: Thanks for being here with us, guys, and I guess you're going to get to hear us say this twice since now this is a two-show episode.